other girl. Uh-huh. And have we got news for you. You better listen. Get ready for your lonely girl and leave those umbrellas at home. All right. It's raining. Ben. Hooray. Hi, Ben. Hello. Uh, the only rain that people want to be in. I'm, just, I'm trying to improv a, a tagline for the show. That Probably shouldn't have tried. Yeah. Oh, well. well, anyway, yeah, it's not just raining, Ben, as I so often say. Uh, it's also raining uh, an old friend of the show. First repeat ever. Hooray! Exactly. This is Joshua, or Josh, as we'll call him from now on. Yeah, I, I think I prefer that. Okay, we'll stick with Josh. Thank you. Hello, Josh. Hi, Ben. Hi. Yeah, so we... Uh, <clears throat> I personally promised that uh, I'd try and use every friend I had before I did a repeat. But, special circumstances, Josh lives in multiple places in the world. He's a transatlantic, low-popping doctor. All things he loves I'm, to be called. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh, so, to take advantage of his uh, location, his location being Totnes currently, uh, we thought we'd get him on. So, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's, it's <laughs> I appreciate it more. Back. Yeah, it's it's really a more of a kindness towards me than it is a kindness towards you. I feel like yeah, this is a. I feel like people do me a favor, but let's try and make it sound like I'm doing people a favor by putting them on the radio. That'll increase my uh, market share. More people will flock to me. Yes, I mean, <laughs> I think most people are coming here voluntarily. Oh yeah, for sure. I don't yeah. think I forced anybody, but I still feel like the thank you has stayed in that. But let's just thank each other. Let's all just thank each other, just okay. as a people. It's Christmas after all. A communal circle thanking. Exactly, exactly, yeah. circle thanking, as the expression goes. So, uh, let's play a song. This is a Christmas song, because after all, it is. Uh, but it's not one that I've heard played on the radio so far, so let's remedy that. This is John Hegley's song, Jesus Isn't Just for Christmas. Down in the Bible, son, if that's a good Friday, I wouldn't want a bad one. John Hagley. Uh, the, the thing about this, of course, is that there's a sense that um, in radio that the people who are playing the songs will also have listened to the songs. Uh, of course, inevitably, we don't. Um, so you probably didn't actually hear any of that song, did you? No. I'll play it to you again in the future. Yeah. It's I'm... hilarious. It's lovely. It's John Hagley. He's a poet-musician-type fella who likes to play mandolin and sing songs about birds and mice and and dogs well because i couldn't hear the lyrics all i sort of could hear was like the theme tune to a waddling man yeah. i couldn't i couldn't really imagine anything else but i mean yeah. maybe the content is all in the words it, yeah i think that's entirely true it was a very minimal orchestration of that particular song i believe it comes normally through a ukulele slash mandolin but uh, for that instance he decided well there's a player here of some kind of brass instrument which one would that be yeah is it I, a french I, horn i'd say it was a french horn they're all they're all just waddly sounds, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. think I could tell the difference between brass instruments. Okay, well let's just say it was a, a French tubeborn. So anyway, um, the since you last were on the show, we've now come up with a, a vague idea of what this show is supposed to be, and the vague idea is that it's a show dedicated to solving the world's problems through um, highly informed chat. Does that seem like something you're up for doing? Um, I feel like you might have got the wrong guy because I can't really do highly informed chat. No, when I said highly informed, I meant it uh, with a very, a very raised eyebrow. 
Okay. Uh, ill-informed would be more accurate, or uh, completely non-informed, not even just ill-informed. Just and also not chat. Yeah, with no either. Well, the chat I can guarantee. Okay. The chat is definitely true. And I can guarantee ill-informed. Well, then this is the perfect combination. Yeah. Um, so, where we normally start this out is by playing the jingle for the person who's on the show. And once again, you didn't have this last time you were here, so this is your first jingle. Oh, you've made me one. Of course I've made you a jingle. It's all part and parcel of coming on the show. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, so here's that jingle. It uh, starts with a jingle about jingles and then goes into an actual jingle. Because, well, why not? So, here we go. I'm no singer, but I can sing a single use jingle. And this is your jingle. So sexual. Yeah, I always am. Uh, or so people think. Of course, I, I yeah, I got a temporary moment of people thinking, oh, I, this guy's got a lovely voice because I was briefly on talky radio. Um, I don't think I've made the most of that uh, brief moment of Twitter fame. <clears throat> you know, by not actually being involved in the conversation or necessarily producing anything to show anyone. Or, but uh, but if you are listening, people, to my dulcet tones, uh, and you did join in the hashtag All the Ladies Love Ben, then this is for you. This is some fully sexualized jingle making uh, called Golly Josh. That's the name of this. That's the name of this. Original. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Back once again with a similar style, a man you haven't heard from in a while. You can tell by the way that he sounds the same. It's not just someone with a similar name. Oh, cripes, oh lord, oh golly gosh. Once again, it's raining Josh. That was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> I couldn't have imagined anything better. Well, it was made using the music you uh, very... I know, yeah. Yes, exactly. Briefly yeah. made while at my house one early morning. So, yeah, I thought, uh, let's just save myself the energy of making music that I think he'll like. I know he likes it. It's perfect. Yeah. Exactly. It's flawless. It's a good start. That and makes me sound like a narcissist. No, 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 no. You chose it. Yeah. I, I just, I wait, I, I took advantage of your choice. <laughs> Much like I'm sure marketing is, that's the same principle, right? It is. They yeah, like that. For sure. Given that, but with something else. I sold you, I sold you a song about yourself. <laughs> I suppose that isn't the hardest thing to sell. I guess if marketing was built around selling people songs about themselves, then it would be a much easier I think that's quite a poetic description of what marketing is. Oh, very it? nice. Yeah. <laughs> so there we go, we're solving the world's problems. Or at least describing them. Describing them. Yeah. So uh, I actually realised that was supposed to be played at the next section, but what the heck, I'll just play another jingle now. This is the question section. Question section. Question section. Question section. Question the first. Do you wish that everyone still wore hats in the manner of the early 1900s? Uh, no. Mm. I don't think hats are actually very useful, unless they're for keeping you warm. Mm. Reason? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I always associate that sort of hat as being tall and impractical. I mean, they are quite cool. Well, that's it. There's a sense that you look back at those old photos. I mean, when you see people looking identical, that's less fun. Um, but there is a certain amount of... Core blimey, everyone's wearing a hat. Just everyone, just like without exception. Even if you're the poor beggar boy in the street with your butcher boy cap or whatever, selling papers and going, all right, governor. But, you know, everyone's got a hat. I don't know what it's supposed to mean. I, I, at that point, surely no one's got a hat. You know what I mean? Uh, yes, in the yeah. sense that everybody has a hat, yeah. so they're not differentiated by having hats. No, exactly. I mean, I guess they might be in class hats. Maybe that was the rule. Maybe like your basic fedora type hat in America, I suppose, yeah. would have been your regular regular Joe moving up towards your sort of uh, bowler hat and then eventually your top hat, I guess, when you reach the 
and that's what it was. Is it the bigger the hat, the more social status you have? Do mm, you think? I think so. If you like, the less flexible the hat, the more firm the material. If in chefing you have like the bigger hats are for the more senior, but obviously mm. they get in the way more. <laughs> so I, I feel like if it was a representative thing, like it makes more sense if it represented social classes, mm. because obviously. The higher your social class, the less likely you are to need to a practical anything. hat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's making a very clear statement, isn't it? I don't have to, I do, don't anything. Have to do anything, That's so why I can wear this hat. I can wear a silly hat. Yeah. I'll get a silly hat then. Uh, are jellyfish plants or animals or somewhere in between? Oh, I, This is a trick question and I don't know the answer. Well, that's it. There's, uh, there's somewhere in between, I think. I think that's true. Somewhere in between is not an answer. No, that's, it's not. That's, well, in what <laughs> way are they in between? Aren't they just something uh, else? Yeah, there we go. Somewhere in between. Um, are mushrooms plants or animals or somewhere in between? They're a different thing again. Okay, somewhere in between. Yeah. Uh, what would you say to someone who hasn't seen Die Hard? Well, I haven't seen Die Hard, so I'd probably say, hello, would you like to watch Die Hard with me? So that Ben can stop asking me if I've seen Die Hard. It's just been a week where I've run into a lot of people. It's only been two days long this week and I've already run into like three people. It's because I keep asking this question, obviously, and I'm you bringing do. it on myself. You do. Um, can you take the Christ out of Christmas? Uh, yes, I think we do it quite well. Because mm. um, Christmas, people don't... Then surely it would just be mus. Mus, mm. yeah. Which is like ring to it. an aptly dull name. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the cool things about Christmas, well, that people look forward to is a period. Christmas. Christmas. There you go. Yeah, it's not necessarily... I mean, I don't go to church, but I quite enjoy Christmas. Hmm. I'm tempted to actually go to church this year. I've been saying that for many years now. Just for, well, actually I can't. I'm going to be um, working in the pub while this is happening. But on Christmas Eve, you know, go up to the local village church where I grew up and carols and old people who I sort of recognise. And uh, it's, it's, it sounds a, the right thing to do. I haven't done it, so I can't report as to whether I'm right. I did it one year mm. um, because my grand sings carols and things like that. And... I sort of, I mean, I don't like churches on principle, but it's quite nice there because everyone seems to be just sort of wholly endorsing these songs and not really listening to what they're about, which is cool. Mm. It's just, um, something, yeah, exactly. Everyone's it's really that, happy about it. Precisely, it's just, a, it's just a happy situation. And the yeah. alternative, I guess, is television, and that's hardly, hardly a better religion. That's true. Satire. Uh, can you paint with all the colours of the wind? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. You're asking me hard questions, Ben. Is jelly the, to be encouraged? No, definitely, definitely not. That's an easy question. There we go. Jelly's horrible. Plants versus zombies. Which is better? Uh, plants. Definitely. Front flip or back flip, which is more important? I would think uh, back flip. Okay. Mostly because all the action movies I can think of have lots of back flips. True. And front flips. They don't really get you anywhere. I, don't I see your point. You backflip away from trouble. Yeah. You don't really forward flip into trouble because that wouldn't help. That wouldn't get you anywhere further. But backflipping out of trouble seems like some kind of clear statement of intent. I think the Ninja Turtles do both. But they're the only example that I can see. Oh, no, it wasn't this week. I was about to say you, you second-guessed a question of mine, but actually that's that's coming up next week. I've got a seven-question seven run about the Ninja Turtles, but I'm saving that for the next guest. Um, can you name all of Santa's reindeer? Uh, because I can. Can you really? Is that because you've got a computer in front of you? No, actually. I can, I can name Rudolph. <laughs> but I see how there's no reason you have to believe me about that fact. No, I don't believe you. No. Okay. Rudolph actually wasn't one of them. It's worth pointing out. What? Not traditionally. Why not? 
Uh, well, the Santas reindeer were the ones, as mentioned, in the uh, Night Before Christmas um, poem story thing. It was the night before Christmas and all through the house, not a creature was staring, not even a mouse. I mean, yeah, I still, I don't know. The stockings are hanging above the fire with care in the hopes that St. Nicholas soon will be there. The children were, sn- yeah, I, I know all the words, but that's because I've been read it every year. Um, I've, I've been alive, in fact. Yeah, it's uh, on Dasher, on Dancer, on Prancer, on Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner, on Blitzen. That's how you remember it. What's with all the ons? Uh, because he's 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 calling them on. I just have to say that otherwise I can't remember it. He's uh, he's is when when he's driving away with the reindeer in front. He's he's driving them on. If you see what I mean. Okay. Yeah. On. So that's enough question section. Question section. Question section. Question section. And this is Childish Gambino with a song called "Have Some Love," because it's Christmas. What a childish Gambino he is. Not entirely clear what that means. I have a feeling a Gambino is a child. I thought a Gambino was a sweet, so I, I don't... Okay, that's good. No, no, I mean... That's how it works on this show. That's how it works on this show. Any answer is an answer. I wasn't sure. You sounded slightly more sure. Let's go with that. I know okay. Eno is a way of um, making something smaller. You know, like a, 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 a Pico or... Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Eno yeah. is that kind of... Diminutive, diminutive, that's the word I'm looking for. So, yeah, maybe he's just a childish child. It's a good name for a rapper. It is a good name for a rapper. Mm. But of course, he now isn't rapping, so I guess we'd have to call him a musician and filmmaker and writer and director and actor and stand up comedian as well. Infuriating man, really. Also, darn pretty. Some people have too many talents. Yeah. Well, seemingly it's just because he's uh, terrifyingly hardworking. Quite a lot of his raps were about the fact that he was working so hard that he's probably going to die from overworking and how he just has so much to get done and he's really busy. Great. I, that's, that's my kind of... It's just not, I like all rap. I like silly rap that I shouldn't like. I should only really like that kind of rap, but actually I like listening to gangster rap and, and feeling a little bit you know, excited. Why should you not like it? No, it's only because if uh, I'm as in um, the person that is me isn't is not uh, supposed to be the fan of that stuff. I'm supposed to be scared by that. I'm not saying it's right or wrong that I like it or not. Just uh, that's like it's not uh, it's not for me in the in in the in the cultural scheme of things. Yeah, I don't agree in that kind of uh, what's something for boundaries. Boundaries, identity boundaries. I'm not firing on all cylinders today. I apologise. You have to take over some of the words. No, I'm not either. I don't do words. Uh, that would be good then. Yeah. Radio is a very good visual format. <laughs> so you have a topic for us. Yes. Um, we sort of touched on it the other day, but I think we were quite tired and it was not. It didn't really go as planned. But mm. I would like to know the answer to what makes you a moral person. Not um, necessarily you, actually. No, just me. It's good to know because I am the most moral of people. Um, if we could just, if we just nail down what it is that makes me then we could spread that around. Okay, well, let's go for that. Okay. What, what do you think is your most moral property? Good question. Um, I'd say uh, self-awareness, or rather a constant self-analysis. Whether that makes me actually do good in the world, I would say is debatable. But it certainly makes me... I think, it, I think it's a good moral um, state of affairs. I think you generally 
that does describe you quite well, mm. despite the constant self-aggrandizement on the radio. <laughs> um, yeah, that's part of self-awareness. I'm just aware of how grand I am. But who cares if you're aware? Yeah. No, that's the point. It doesn't... Um, I think I think it is the most... Um, because the point is that if, if, uh, if morals are to be looked at as behaving in the right way, I suppose, is the simplest... Like, you know, morals and ethics are confused by the difference, but mm. that's roughly the idea. Then the right way could be anything and that's the whole idea of moral absolutism versus uh moral flexibility and cultural relevance and all that kind of stuff you know that you um you don't know what it could be and it could be that to be moral is to uh basically just kill people and take what you can get maybe that's better for the world you know what i mean no i I don't know i mean i'm i'm i think i'm i don't want to be but i'm an absolutist you're you're sort of probably more flexible than i am I don't, I, I, no I, I i think i probably am in but i the point is i think the, the constant self-analysis is the only more is the only genuinely moral thing you can do because if you constantly self-analyze then you can adjust your morals based on evidence and as a result you'll find that no other thing you've ever done has been necessarily moral if you see what i mean you know it's that's the it's the Socrates thing. It's the idea that basically the only thing, the only valid thing to do in life is constantly question yourself and everything else is a decision and none of them have intrinsic moral value because you could turn out you're wrong. Turning It could turn out, say, the nicest man in the world, which apparently is me, according to our semi-boss, Chris. Which is according to himself, <laughs> what he means. <laughs> the nicest man in the world. I'd love to, that to be my uh, my personal tagline. It's raining Ben host, Ben Adicott, the nicest man in the world. Uh, if the nicest man in the world was put in charge and was incredibly nice to everyone and everything was amazing and everyone was happy and as a result the world ended, then that would have been a terrible set of moral decisions to have made. Whereas if an absolute, um, what's a word you can say at this time of the morning, uh, numpty was put in charge, if you can imagine such a thing, um, some kind of, you know, wispy-haired cartoon white man was put in charge, then uh, the world could function really well, maybe. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, 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 you have to start from a point of when putting people in charge, I don't think it's very useful how much they can think about what is moral and what isn't and how much of Socrates they've read. Mm. I, I tend to think that morals are more about consequences than actual thought. I mean, I get, I get the thought thing. Um, well, apparently I don't. But if well, as I'm you, saying, the consequence in that case would be that doing something which seemed on the surface morally apparent turned out to be damn good for everyone, which I think is basically the idea of conservative politics and right-wing th- things. Is basically, oh, it's just it's best for everyone in the end. If you, if you go the softy left-wing liberal way, then it'll like, all just be much worse anyway. Everyone's better off under this trickle-down type... Nah, 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 nah. I don't agree with it, but maybe they're right. That's the point. Maybe they're right. You can apply that to both, though. I think the left-wing politics is about social and economic equity isn't it yeah yeah so it's, it's the, the same thing maybe that's a terrible idea the you see my point? point maybe it's fundamentally not moral to actually have those views maybe it's moral just to be constantly making sure that the view you have is the right one and be willing to turn on a die if it turns out it's not scientific morals <laughs> so that's what i usually advocate for but mm. if you scientific morals in the sense that they can be objective mm. not really like quantified and said this is right or wrong because of these effects but if you i don't really know whether you can like have that and still have complete social liberal values and be sort of 
open to people being able to behave in whatever way they want. Mm. This is why I think the only useful way to talk about morals is what happens to people when you apply them. Mm. Because otherwise you're... It's just Evidence-based. Exactly. Yeah, makes sense. Again, scientific morals. But that's it. I, I don't think that you could ever actually come up with one, one trait, one way of behaving, one rule, one idea that would ever uh, stand up under all circumstances. And in fact, you could never really collect enough evidence, I don't think, for anything. If you know what I mean? Because then also circumstances could change. What if we all become uh, space-traveling cyber beings? At that point, we might have to take a different look at our, uh, our welfare state. But say all you're doing is placing the well-being of conscious beings as your net. So the, the thing you're measuring. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be as ethical as you can be, you have to act to cause the least harm mm-hmm. or increase more people's well-being. I don't really mm-hmm. know how you do it. I don't know how you measure those things. But if you, there's, um, I think you do it mostly with just cake. Um, probably some soft drinks if you want those or alcohol if you want that um, pubs there you go pubs pubs are well that's mm. why I work in a pub because I'm trying to be I'm trying to make the world a better place and come 12 o'clock at night when I stop serving and look across the room I look at what I've done and I feel proud I feel yes this is this is better Do this you? is better than when I found it maybe for that reason you should also work in the <laughs> A sweet shop or McDonald's. Yeah, or no, I should. I should, I should work for, uh, for Big Tobacco. I'd be a very good spokesperson. Look at you people. I mean, you sound cooler. And damn it, you look cooler. And I'm, I'm happier with this situation. In all seriousness, if you yeah. did look across and you saw, you thought, ah, the work I've done today has made the world a better place. Do you think that that actually is what happens in a pub? Or do you think that that's sort of... I don't know. I, mean, I feel like we often judge them because we're not as drunk as they are. But mm, they might mm. well be having a really good time. Like you might look at it. I think they genuinely a, are. Yeah, and I think yeah. that often we join them um, uh, mentally or or, or, or physically, um, and yeah, then it's all good. I think. I think. Yeah, generally, I think. Yeah, this is this is the right thing. This is the right thing to be doing with your time. There's um, a lovely lyric by uh, Guy Garvey from Malbo where he says. Um, some, oh, damn it. I'm going to come back after this next song and tell you what that lyric is because I'm not going to remember it off the top of my head. This is a song. Um, well, what do you fancy? We've got uh, numbers three to eight. I mean, I would like to listen to your Christmas song. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I, I, there's no way I asked him to say that. Not at all. Um, but here's my Christmas song for this year. This is a, from a podcast called Ben and Tom Want to Live Forever. A little plug there. For myself. It's a song.
It's an hard day's work when you work in the land, when the only friend is the spade in your hand. So as the days grow dim at this time of year, I stoke up my fire with the old tide cheer. I don't despair of the cold, cold air, nor furrow my brow as I furrow it plough. It'll do me no good to say that it should be light when it's dark, cause light it ain't. And just because the light grows faint, and the frozen ground would challenge a seed, don't mean that life grows faint and all. There's a reason that winter follows fall, so I'll take the dark days in my stride. I'll take solace in the world outside. I'll take that old friend by the anvil and shine forever like a Jewish candle. See the doubt creep in your eyes when I say I like Tupperware skies. No, don't deny, don't tell no lies. I know you think I must despise. Working all day with feet of ice, I must cry the side despised. God awful wine disguised as mold. You must think my mind is dull to say that I love frozen soil and hours and hours of icy toil and sweeping leaves from ungrate trees that just drop more like a leafy sneeze. Fields and fields of death and fog. And what the hell is bloody egg? Nog, okay! You made me speak my mind, your eyes see my eyes are not blind. I must admit, of weaker times, when thoughts of sunshine into my mind, I damn this season all to hell, and cursed our Christ and Père Noel, but my anger will pass and my fury fade, and in my hand will remain a spade. You see, both physically and metaphorically, I'm digging winter. These frozen fingers just remind me that I'm free. Because I'm digging winter. Do you understand? It all started from the conversation where my companion on the podcast was saying winter's dreadful. And generally I would be sitting there in agreeing. But of course, I'm going kind of digging winter so far. Did I say that? No, 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 no. My, uh, my companion on the podcast. Oh, uh, oh right, where this right. song, Where this song originated. I, I actually agree with him, so. Yeah. No, I, I, I generally do. I think it's, it's almost like a conscious effort of will. I think I went into this winter with such a downer on the concept of winter that it's just been a pleasant surprise so far. 
It hasn't been cold yet, though. Exactly. We've we've just had rain, exactly. which is protecting us from the cold. We've, mm. we, but we do have darkness all the time. We do have a lot of darkness. Yeah. I'm not. Down, that's the thing. I feel like we're. I sort of started. I've just started getting annoyed at the darkness. But at the point where I did, solstice is just around the corner. It's all fine. You got annoyed at the darkness at least two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's close. Usually, I'd get annoyed at the darkness. I don't know. January and February are coming, and that's why I'm. Uh, that's the thing. I'm, I'm aware of the fact that December is the best of winter, so it's the one that's to true. cherish. Yeah, yeah. For it's sure. the month where people put up lights and pretend everything's great, and then January comes and everyone just wallows in misery and says, "Oh, what's the point in life? And why have I got these resolutions I'm not going to keep? And why am I so fat? And I'm going to stop drinking for a month because that'll make it better." And I don't understand January. Have you got any resolutions, Ben? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, is that, do you mean that specific one I mentioned yes. the other day? Yeah, no, completely. Uh, I plan to give up racism. I do. Uh, on behalf of everyone. I, it, I'm very much like Jesus in this case. It's, I'm not doing it because I am myself a racist. I've never been so. Of course I wouldn't be. Uh, I'm the nicest guy. But other people have been. So I'm going to give it you... up on their behalf. And how many... How long did you last... Before you couldn't give it up anymore. Okay. Uh, well, I, I give myself some breaks. It was it was a very it was a short interval. Yeah, it was it was. A, I just gave myself a break. I just gave myself a little uh, interim, where I was able to say what I thought, just get it off my chest, and I could jump straight back in with a bit more, a uh, bit more crushing crushing uh, prejudice, and I still am to this day. We'll see what happens tonight. I mean, it's gonna be busy. I'll be up quite late. It's worth pointing out here, this is the point where this metaphor was breaking down because it only works for two people, and that's us. Uh, this is a reference to the fact that I've decided to not smoke between uh, this weekend gone and this weekend coming. Uh, yeah, so that's, it's not actually about racism. I should have stuck with the joke, but I'm, it just, it wasn't a metaphorical joke anymore because no one knew what was going on. No, um, and the thing with racism is it's very hard to talk about without being offensive. Yeah. I sort of wanted to join in, then I realised what I was going to say was. I was, horrible. I was, I know. I felt like it was very hard to maintain. Should we talk That's about okay. something else? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Your subject. I'll give you a jingle. Uh, it goes like this. No, it doesn't. It goes like this. Back once again with a similar style, a man you haven't heard from in a while. You can tell by the way that he sounds the same. It's not just someone with a similar name. Oh cripes, oh lord, oh golly gosh. Once again, it's raining Josh. Okay, I mean... Yeah, Topic Master. I think I've forgotten my topics. Oh, (laughs) how... Okay, another late night conversation that I wanted to continue here. Okay. How important is the environment? Well, depends who you're asking, I suppose. Um, I'm asking you. You're asking me. Well, I was going to say, if you were, for example, an astronaut, uh, maybe less of a concern, you've got a spaceship, you're fine. Me, I don't have a spaceship. Um, I don't live underground. I live in sort of the most definitely environmental bit, which is the bit on the surface of the Earth. Can't really avoid the environment there. So for me, yeah, it's, it's pretty important. Uh, I'd say it's probably the most important thing. It's pretty safe to say. Yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say. I'm not really sure how you could have anything that was more important. The troubling thing is that it's incredibly easy to ignore for the most important thing in the entire world. And that's why we're doing a pretty good job of doing that. It's the most important thing, but in terms of sort of legislation and the way we approach how we live as societies, Mm -hmm. is it as important an issue? I mean, as as you're making it out to be, because, you know, the the surface... In comparison to what? In comparison to what? Anything, really. I mean, like, the state of the economy. 
definitely do, not do we care here. do we care more about like achieving growth or do we care about having slightly lower seat levels i <laughs> think that's a nice way of uh that's a nice way of phrasing that um i'd say it's safe to, yeah i think it's a pretty safe uh statement to say that uh growth and rising sea levels are probably intertwined and the less growth we have the less uh, rising sea levels we may have because growth doesn't seem to really be a good idea um it's also insane that's why if i i would like to almost become um a uh, statistician, uh, an economist, simply be able to to be able to stand there and say what I think about those subjects, um, mm. without f- sound, feeling like I'm almost definitely wrong. Because I feel like economics is insane. I feel that I, the fundamental yeah. point of economics being constant growth is obviously mental. That you can't do that. You can't just like nothing's ever done that. We we sort even of stars have, collapse eventually. You know, mm. that's true. But I think probably the relative worth of our society and others has has increased oh yeah because it has done for it, a long time yeah but not anymore and it's probably for a reason i mean i don't see the only reason i can see of having growth is to make your economy worth relatively more than other people's yes exactly. i mean if, if we yeah. have growth then that means someone else has decay yes there's no there can't be I mean, can you have universal growth? Well, that's it, exactly. I don't know. There's there's a suggestion, of course, um, energy. That's that's one argument, is that energy is the starting point for um, an economy. And because energy is tied so heavily into money and the control of oil and so on and so forth, that it's a much more, you know, it's it's, it's more limited. But if, of course, you were to talk about the idea of harnessing um, geothermal, solar, wind, all these things that are just there, exist as energy don't require materials to burn then at that point you could harness so much energy that everyone would be able to have some and energy could be then translated into growth and development and you could start building um traps around stars to absorb all their sunlight and nonsense sci-fi like that um so i maybe maybe in a wonderful sci-fi star trek future maybe if you don't have food issues, you don't have teleport. You have teleportations. You have transport issues. You don't have any energy concerns. Maybe everyone can just keep getting better. Maybe you still have the problem. You still have all the problems. In fact, even well, no, scarcity of energy is a big problem. But then you've got all the other resources, which are still going to be finite, even if you have unlimited energy. If you well, no, if you had actually unlimited energy, then maybe not. Well, exactly, yeah. Then you can turn your energy into food. Food, <laughs> yeah, mm, yeah. And you can turn your energy into anything, everything. You can just make. You can have the holodeck. Basically, that is sci-fi. That's that's the future. Yeah. The future is uh, if 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 Star Trek is to be believed, and I believe it is, um, everything would be great. Um, but if Star Trek is to be believed a little less, as in the, the the technology of Star Trek is to be believed, but not the people, then what you have is everyone having a private holodeck with a replicator that feeds them food constantly and never leaving that room because why would you why would you leave a holodeck if you were just if everything there was everything i mean they i think they slightly oversold the the holodeck thing you know if it was like oh, I, I get to play squash against yeah. something but it's like no you can do anything anything in this room and I, you can have an infinite supply of free food uh, the only thing i remember from star trek is I, I, is the holodeck something where you just materialize whatever yeah. environment you want? Yeah. I thought that I thought you were talking about the thing which materializes food for you. That, that's, uh, rep, that's, that's a replicator. Okay. Pr- same principles turns energy into matter. I mean, 
that thing seems like it could solve all the world problems on its own. It could if make it, a, a species of just not not do nothing nothingness. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like you wonder whether the the need to compete and to do things is kind of important. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think I think it probably. But then 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 we're going into the realms of like, is suffering actually important? Because you could you could say, if you have everything you need then you have no real capacity to suffer. But then if you don't have a capacity to suffer, can you enjoy things as much as you would otherwise? Because again, that's why, speaking, I, it's less. that's why I work in a pub again. Just need to put a little bit more suffering in the world. Because without that, people don't appreciate the good times. How are you causing people to suffer? Well, I'm giving them joy at a cost. I'm teaching them the a lessons of life. Cost. Yeah, well, a yeah, literal yeah. cost, yeah. But I was thinking more the morning after. Uh, yeah, a literal and uh, physical uh, cost. Those aren't different things, but you see my point. I do see your point. Yeah, that's it. I'm trying to. I'm. Te- I'm teaching lessons again, like like a. No, I'm not gonna say it again. No, don't again, say it. <laughs> again, like old uh, a certain guy a while ago, and he also found that he ran the trouble for his his work, but he carried on doing it. He carried on doing it, and I think we're better for it. Though, of course, you want to take him out of Christmas, so I don't know. I do want to take him out of Christmas. But I'm the Grinch. I mean, the thing is, I think Christmas would mean something completely different. I don't, I don't see why we have like a national holiday of something which isn't a national issue. But I quite like that it's there. I don't want to get rid of it. Like you said, it's the best part of winter, really. Yeah, yeah. It's just, a, it's. I mean, this was going to be on my list of questions. Actually, what's the point in Christmas? Is the other way of looking. There's another variation on the previous question. Are, are you actually asking me? Yeah. What I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't think there has to be a point of Christmas. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So Christmas is what you make it? Or that Christmas is just a period of time? It's just a thing which has mm. evolved and it's there now. Mm. Deep. Deep. <laughs> Solving the world's problems. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think Christmas is just about saying um, no to uh, feeling grumpy about the fact that it's cold and dark. I think it's just saying, you know, actually, lights, camera action yeah uh joy fine great songs silliness bells lights presents eggnog i don't know what eggnog's about i don't like eggnog um but i, th- I think that's basically all it is um you can have the, i'm not saying you don't ha- you can't have the religious aspect mm. all power to you greatness all wonderful but uh if you don't yeah it's great it's great what is it down on christmas for Jesus. But it's all the saying yes. Like the saying no to all of the things that you said is fine. <laughs> but saying saying yes to like just embracing like I I don't like the sort of obligation for everyone to give gifts and the sort of all of, uh, the Christmas music frankly that's the worst bit. I, yeah. I I don't I don't not your song. Well, that's, that's what fantastic. I'm trying to I'm trying to make some new stuff, yeah, because yeah, there's a shortage. It's so old now. Mm, all of it we've heard like a thousand times, and that's not acceptable in any other genre of music. You can't you can't listen to the same thing a thousand times, have it never change. Well, I might have said it before as well, but I, I, <coughs> another theory of mine uh, is that Christmas is about um, uh, repetition, and that's kind of the that's point. That's the comfort. Yeah, yeah actually, exactly. that's actually a really good point. Yeah, I think you try and do the same things every year, and you try and replicate the same. In some ways, you're sort of replicating a childhood Christmas. I think that the the switch of a point comes when you have your own children, if you have your own children, uh, or someone you know does, someone in the family. Once children get introduced to it, then new Christmas traditions get started. But up until that point, you basically just recycle uh, your own childhood Christmases and try and do the same every year. 
and and then at some point yeah maybe about this year for me you realize you can't actually listen to shaken stevens ever again no or slade um, or slade i know this thing i like this i liked i loved last <coughs> christmas last christmas to me wonderful song but it's done now it's kind of had enough I've, I've reached my quota i know what are you going to do for the remaining five years of your life well that's it <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to have to make Christmas I'm gonna have to make, well that's why me and my partner are making a Christmas album um, admittedly so, of those songs so that you songs. can listen to it yeah exactly yeah. so at least there's a different recording of those songs and yeah I'll try and make some fresh original Christmas music as well we're recording one on Wednesday so I'll I'll bring that in in the new year and upset everyone by playing Christmas songs in, in January I look forward to it yeah, uh, yeah I think we're, well, we're basically towards the end of the show is there anything else you want to talk about um no not really I mean no. <laughs> I'd like to say yes, but nothing else I can think of is very interesting. Okay, well, I've got a real, I've got a real quick one here. Um, okay. So I'll just throw this at you and you can just nail it. Normally, I'd like to apologize if anybody was missing the uh, section where we um, do some role play and meet Shia LaBeouf in a wood and try and defeat him, but it'll be coming next week. There wasn't really time this week. We, we talk for quite a long period in each section, me and Josh. We're not really quick sharp. It's more long, slow. Yes. Yeah. So, quick question. Let's try it. Uh, statistically, the number of famous people who died this year is not significantly higher than average. So they say. Uh, however, it feels like it is. It definitely feels like it is higher than average. So, uh, does that mean statistics are useless? No. Not even remotely. Because that's not what the statistics said. If you Famous people are like the part of... Well, I don't know. What are you calling famous people? I mean, presumably that's like a small area of a distribution and that uh, that just will always stay the same because fame is an average and it's based off like a middle point where mm. some people are famous and some people aren't. It, it's just because these ones happen to be on the higher end or maybe some are more like treasured. Yeah, so let's say let's say treasures. Let's say, uh, I was going to say national, but it's really kind of global. Global treasures. Yeah, but, okay, so probably this year, maybe not more famous people died, but more treasures did. That's a very good point. So, we're confusing the two terms. I guess guess that's hard stats. Yeah, I mean, I suppose what I was trying to ask with that flippant and glib question was, um, at the point where something is statistically incorrect, but public perception... um, Yeah, yeah, okay, I could have got that. that. No, no, I think you're still right. Basically, yeah, yeah. No, they're not. You still, it's still, perception is still wrong. I mean, people think that knife crime is up, and it's not. People think that um, mass shootings in America are up, and they're not. People think that uh, the world's a more dangerous place generally, and it's not. Um, but of course, you know, it doesn't really help. Is that a thing of saying somebody? Oh, don't worry. Okay. They're definitely I'm still worried. Yeah. It. it, it... It's it's just a case of how you present statistics, isn't it? If you it, like, otherwise, we would have no real numerical basis for thinking anything, and you'd end up with people just having opinions instead of having a rational argument for something. If you didn't have statistics, you'd be like, well, it feels like more famous people have died this year, and then I could be saying something like, well, it doesn't feel like that to me, <laughs> and those two things are equally valid if you don't have statistics. Yeah. Yeah, this sounds like, um, well, like contemporary politics. Yeah, it it, it probably yeah. is, isn't it? Yeah. So, okay, so in conclusion for this week's show, I thought I could do a wrap-up, really. I should start writing these during the show so I don't have to improvise them. Um, 
as I said at the beginning of the top of the show, uh, we're trying to solve the world's problems. So this week we've, we've solved a few, not all of them, but you know, it's a slow process. Uh, we've worked out that hats don't need to come back. We don't need the hats. No. Uh, jellyfish and mushrooms are somewhere in between plants and animals. Uh, if you haven't seen Die Hard, you should probably see Die Hard. You can take the Christ out of Christmas. You can't paint with all the colours of the wind. Jelly should not be encouraged. Plants are better than zombies. You should probably backflip more than you should front flip. Um, naming Santa's reindeer doesn't really make you a better person. Uh, stats are good. Uh, and morals are both absolute and completely flexible. Well, I think we've made some real ground. I think so. I think this is something we can count this as a... Thank God we're here. Chart this up as being a success story. Yeah. So... <laughs> Let's finish up with, uh, well, Ivor Cutler, because that's never a bad idea. This is Ivor Cutler with a song called Go and Sit Upon the Grass. And you should, because just because it's winter doesn't mean the outside is off limits. No, I'm just trying to make that relevant. It's not really. No. No. Okay, goodbye, Josh. Bye, Ben. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, well, thanks to everyone for listening. And, uh, yeah.